I'm Wes. And I'm Frankie. Thank you for listening to the Grill Coach Podcast. Oh, yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coaches Podcast to level up your game with Frankie Wes and Jay. Hey, I'm Jay, the host of the Grill Coach Podcast. Welcome to today's show. I'm here with Frankie and Wes. What's up, guys? Hello, hello, hello. Howdy, guys. Hey, guys, this episode, we're talking more Blackstone. We're going to be talking about Blackstone griddles, accessories, recipes, and techniques. Excellent. This is a great... Uh continuation from our last episode there was a lot of meat on that bone we had to you know save it to the next day next over <laughs> next over the episode <laughs> hey that was a good one <laughs> all right well we still got to start with highlights okay so this time i'm gonna go with mine it's more of a learning moment and it's just a reiterate that you got to get good equipment to work with. So for me, I'm just going to throw it up there. I'm not at home. I'm on location. I know I'm going to be cooking regularly at this place. And so I go ahead and I buy a thermometer from the local store. And, uh, you know, I get the cheapy $20 thermometer. And it worked really well for like three to four cooks. And it was like when I really needed it, and it was like the day when I was cooking steaks, especially I felt like that's the most time when I need it. I'm cooking steaks. The bad boy wouldn't work. And it's like, and, and you know, and I'm like, I don't even know the name of this thermometer. Why did I even get this thing? What am I even doing with it? You know? And it's like how, you know, and now I, of course I got some quality steaks, spent some good money on them. And now I feel like, well, I got that cheap thermometer and now am I going to ruin the steaks and, you know, essentially everybody's dinner because I got a cheap thermometer. Buy once, cry once. Boom. Yeah. I don't know if you, but see, maybe, maybe the thing is because I bought it once and I cry three, four cooks later because it didn't work. Well, now you're going to cry again because you have to, because I got to buy another one. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do I go buy another one and get another three, four cooks like, right. Or just, you know, at, at home, at home base where the, the, all the regular cookers are, that's, of course, when I got the Thermapen, you know, and, and, and yeah, that that's a little bit more money. But, man, that thing is solid day or night. It works so great and and it's dependable and reliable. And I think especially when we're grilling and cooking outside, there's so many factors to every cook from where we source the meat, what kind of fuel we're sourcing, what kind of wood we're going to use for smoke flavor, how long we're going to cook, what's the weather like, what seasonings I'm going to use brining, marinating, you know, I mean, just all of these things. It's like, so the more decisions you can cut out, the better your cook is going to be. I think you need a barbecue go bag. You know, it's got your thermopen. You've got your, uh, maybe some uh, stuff to light Double a fire nice. with, some cubes or some tumbleweeds. You You've are not to. getting me through the airport security, are you? Like, I'm like, <laughs> no, really, it's uh, it's I'm a barbecue podcast host. Like, yeah, like they should know who you are at this point. Like, right? Sir, you have everything here to start a fire, stab someone. 
Oh no. Just gotta check the bag. Do it for the barbecue. Uh, the check the bag. Yeah, barbecue go bag. Oh, I like that. Maybe yeah, we can buttery do that. steakhouse in there. Oh, yeah. buttery steakhouse. Kosher, Kosher salt. salt. A nice knife. Yeah. Yeah. That, a little disposable I don't know about cutting board. The knife. Yeah. We're getting. <laughs> No, we're checking the bag now. We're checking. Oh, we're the checking bag. it. So, That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so you yeah. put the knife in the okay. check bag. Yeah. So uh, I love this barbecue go bags. Can we? You can have yours today too for fifty nine ninety nine. <laughs> just pay. <laughs> just pay a separate processing fee. Right? You get your second one for free. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Moral to the story is buy quality equipment. And that way, that's one other thing that you don't have to worry about when you're trying to get the food right. Agree. All right. Agreed. Frankie, what you got? Ooh, let's see. This week I was uh, at the Carnesteria, which is like that little Mexican meat market I've been going to. He haven't broken and- that accent in a while, huh? <laughs> me and, I know, I me like, and Jay time. don't dare try and say things like that. <laughs> So a well rehearsed word. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't make me try to do something impromptu. All right. Um, but I knew I wanted to like smoke something, throw it on the trigger, and not have to worry about it for a couple hours. Uh, I was a lot going on that day. It was like a, I was perusing for some pork, okay. and uh, I saw these like pork cushion meat, like mm. s- not steaks, but they were like cut little like two inches. Each were probably about like two pounds um, and threw those on the trigger um, seasoned with uh, my just go to right now is the buttery steakhouse and that cattleman's like spicy. Uh, <laughs> Frankie's hooked. Spicy rub. I'm hey, hooked. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Slow down. You know, you you ran past, you know, every time I hear the term pork cushion meat. I don't know. I get excited about that for some reason. <laughs> like, I just I want to be around that. Right? What What is that? I don't I don't I think have, I've ever had it, but I want it. Yeah, I have no idea exactly what it is, uh, but it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I cooked it just like like a small like pork shoulder steak type of situation. That was my other option. But I was like, well, I don't know what pork cushion meat is. Let's see what that is about. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. That sounds awesome. They, and by the way, they didn't have no briskets at that place. <laughs> they don't at this market, actually. <laughs> All right, just wow. checking, just checking. Wow. We were looking for something. Yeah, savage. I know, dang. All right. Saw some TikToks like my eleven-year-old made a second brisket today, and I was like, God dang it! I don't need this. <laughs> Frankie's gonna be like, it's against my religion to cook brisket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just too out of spite now. <laughs> All right, Wes. Um, can you beat? Put- Whoa, I'm not done. Oh, 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 sorry. We got more cushion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. So the the exciting part, the, I, it cooked really well. It took a few, a, a few hours. Looked delicious. I cooked it till maybe like 195. Um, I didn't want it to like quite, I didn't know if it was going to quite pull apart. It was also done for the night. And uh, we decided to actually next over it for two different meals so we made tacos the next night which is which was great quick and simple uh and then we made these like uh quinoa grain bowls with um the next night okay it's pretty cool so we just made a bunch of quinoa let it cool down a bit mixed in some greens uh, a bunch of different vegetables and we got some like asparagus in there uh onions uh, like feta cheese uh and like a little lemon vinaigrette that daniel made it was really good 
with okay. with your it's smoked like, and I'll, pork. It'll cost like twelve bucks. Cushion meat. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I got to try this one day. I, I I never see it, but I, gotta, I never I see it either. Something. I feel like I would buy it though if, if I saw it somewhere. I'd be like, okay, they have it. I'm buying it. You got to go to the the carniceria. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mexican meat market. (laughs) 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 All right. Well said. Are you done, Frankie? Okay. Now I'm done. How about you, Jay? I went already. (laughs) Oh, dang. I I mean, you know, you did remind me of something I had, though, that was fantastic. Uh, I'll just go to step on you for a second, Wes. I was at a sushi place and they had on the menu was grilled yellowtail neck. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. You mean collar? No, it said yellowtail neck. And I don't know, there was like a Japanese name for it or something, but okay. wow, so tasty. And I don't really understand where the bones and what, how, what part of the neck that was, but it's just the salmon and um, it, it, I was, it was super good, super good. I want to make some at home. I gotta step on you because salmon and yellowtail are not the same thing. Isn't yellowtail salmon? Isn't that yellow type of salmon? I don't think so. No, I'm fairly certain that's its own fish. <laughs> it tasted like salmon. <laughs> you think they sold me the wrong thing? You think I I paid for yellowtail, but they gave me salmon neck? They're like and they, this, bar- they this barbecue guy is not gonna know the difference. Ah, oh, they were laughing at me. We like save the yellowtail for the real people. But letting him have salmon neck. And they are salmon neck? Or is it the collars? It said salmon Hamachi? neck. That's what they call it back in Georgia. I was in Michigan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then I don't so know. Maybe it's what call it up there. I think it's the same thing. A quick Google search nets me. Uh, when I Google salmon neck, I get a bunch of recipes for salmon collar. Okay. So this is called hamaka, ham, hamachi hamachi. Kama. Hamachikama. Yeah. Yeah, collars. That's supposed to be like the most, maybe not the most, but it's supposed to have an amazing amount of flavor in there, no? It was incredible flavor. I mean, just, yeah, so good. I didn't, I only got it because it was so highly rated at that restaurant. Mm. But um, I have, I've had this. This is very good. Yes. Yeah. And I was just so mind blown. Like, what am I eating right now? And how can I eat this more or later? Or, you know, just. Just one of those things. I was fascinated. The texture on that was pretty amazing, right? Yeah. And that's why I feel like it was like a salmon, you know, um, because it was buttery. It was unctuous. You know, of course, they had nice little grill marks. um, Meatier. Yeah. Oilier. Yeah. Fattier. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Anyways. All right, Wes. Yeah. I'm glad because I almost forgot that. I was I remember saying I'm going to use this as my highlight. So the in the spirit of Blackstone grilling, I did uh, some Blackstone grilling uh, between around uh, the recording of these episodes that we've done here. Okay. And, uh, and I saw I saw a recipe online. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's an inside joke. Um, the I saw a couple of recipes oh, and I, I thought it. the the Blackstone. Is so I I mean we've talked about how great it does uh, breakfasts and like Teppan style uh, bar or Teppan style grilling, but you know I think one of the hidden 
talents of a Blackstone griddle is its sandwich making ability. Mmm. What? Okay. So, you know, think of an iconic sandwich that is made on a flat top grill. The Cubano. Oh, okay. That's not where I was going. Ooh, I love Cubanos. <laughs> okay. Grilled cheese. Yep. No, that's not. Hey. God, not that one either. Well, I was just Peanut saying that, butter that, and jelly. There's yes. Get out of here with that. It's, it comes from a certain East Coast city. It has steak. It has peppers. Ah, it has cheese. The Philly cheese steak sandwich. Right. Yes. Okay. So I did. I did a, a chicken cheese steak sandwich. Mm, I don't like that idea. I don't ever had one, but I just don't want chicken cheese steak. I want Dang, beef. don't get kids yum. <laughs> no. Can I finish my highlight? Hey, my bad, my bad. Go, go, go. It sounds great, Wes. That's what I was yeah. supposed to say. Huh? Thanks for that glowing endorsement. <laughs> 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 so just real quick, cut up. Uh, I did 50-50 uh, chicken breast and chicken thigh. Just cut it up into bite-sized pieces and did a simple salt, pepper, garlic. Uh, on those and then you know put through a little bit of uh, oil on the blackstone on kind of high heat and started getting that seared off and started cooking and then I had some chopped bell pepper and chopped onions red green bell Mm. pepper onions Mm. and got those I got the onions caramelizing added the peppers get all that stuff and once that's all you know you got that delicate ballet there where you're trying to get everything done at the same time Mm-hmm. Kind of gather it all together and kind of, you know, mix it all together and then lay two big old fat slices of provolone cheese down on top of that mixture in like sandwich size lengths. And get that all nice and melty. And then you've uh, you pick that up with your sandwich roll that we talked about uh, okay. on the last show. Yeah. You pick that up, you know, get your spatula underneath it and kind of flip it over all in one motion. And boom. Chicken cheese steaks. Wow. Delicious. Okay. Ultra All simple. Right. Man, I, th- I think the Blackstone is secretly a sandwich making machine. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a good thing we'll be talking more about Blackstone and cooking <laughs> techniques, you know, later on in this episode, but we'll get there. But so, uh, yeah, I did jump the gun on this chicken cheesesteak. That that sounds great. So I very simple, very fast. Great weeknight meal. Okay. All right. I'll co- you could do it with steak too. It's a little spendier right now, but uh, chicken works in a pinch. And maybe that's where it came from because anywhere I might go and I see Philly cheesesteaks and I want one, they always have the beef or the chicken option. I'm always going beef option. It's the same price. Maybe I should try chicken. I don't know. I got to open up. Got to try something new. All right. We'll do that. There we go. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for those highlights, uh, guys. And uh, how about questions? I know last week we didn't have any questions, Frankie. We got questions this week? Oh, well, we had plenty of questions last week. Oh, that's right. But just like last week, we will be diving into those uh, during the main segment. So tune tune back in after the break. As well as the Grow Coach recommends, Jay. Look at that. Back to back. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a commercial. We'll come back. And we are going to be talking Blackstone Griddle accessories techniques and recipes. Hey everyone, I'm Rusty Monson and I am sitting here with the Anthony Lujan, hosts of the Pitmasters podcast. And you're listening to the Grill Coach podcast with Jay, Wes, and Frankie. 
Hi, this is Frankie from the Grill Coach Podcast, and I just wanted to take a moment and give a huge thank you to all of our listeners. We are trying to create a community where we can learn, teach, and share the amazing world of grilling and barbecue. And we couldn't do that without you. If you've been with us since episode one or just joining the Grill Coach team today, we could use your help in building this community and sharing our mission. Please take a moment to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us some love in the comments and share our podcast with your friends and family. As a new and growing podcast, there's no better way to support us. And don't forget, we want to hear from you. Have a question? Grill Coach Challenge? Let us know. You can find us online at thegrillcoach.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon at The Grill Coach. Welcome back to The Grill Coach Podcast. Today, we are continuing our conversation from last week. Um, we're continuing with techniques, recipes, and uh, accessories. Accessories. Yeah. Thank you. You know, you went, you went hard on the Blackstone basics, I would say, you know, and just how this thing works. Um, I didn't get hungry at all last episode. Oh, this episode, I expect to get time. hungry, bro. It, it's time. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. And I can't believe I uh, forgot accessories over that break. Accessories are like some of my favorite things. I love to go overboard with accessories. <laughs> all right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm eyeing them and uh, I'm, I'm listening. I'm intrigued, but you know, I'm worried about some of these, but it's okay. Cool. We'll, we'll cover, you know, there's tons out there. It can be daunting, but we're going to cover the must haves. Like if you're going to own a flat top, we're going to cover kind of the essentials, what you need to have when you get one of these. I, I'm going to start doing that too. I'll just start buying one at a time. And so my family can just see I'm buying all these accessories. What are you buying it for? Because <laughs> uh, I'd be like, because I need a Blackstone grill. There you, you know, go. So. <laughs> all right. So what do we got? Okay. So let's cover like techniques of Blackstone grilling or griddling, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um so let's talk about real quick, like the biggest strength of the Blackstone griddle, which is going to be kind of like a, like the sear on it, right? Like the okay. sizzle of a, of a frying pan. I know I alluded to that analogy. I don't think you uh, addressed that in the last episode. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah, because, go ahead, take your soapbox. Exactly, because see that frying pan only gives you so much surface area, and it's. You know, this griddle, it's you got like a whole tabletop you're playing with, you know, and uh, I feel like it opens up so much more. This is true. Yes. It's like a uh, gigantic frying pan that you can have multiple cooking zones with different temperatures on it. Yeah. You can't cook pancakes and bacon and eggs in the same frying pan. Not not great. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not at the same time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all those Instagram videos of you you guys you see that uh that that one shot that they got with the all the potatoes and the bacon and they crack an egg with the steak uh, yeah. over the fire. That's that's just for the gram, guys. They nobody's eating that. <laughs> all right. Shout yeah. to Sarah Range, huh? Yeah. Making stuff just for the gram. <laughs> the gram. But yeah, let's let's talk about like that technique. So you've got your let's go breakfast, dude. We start out the day with breakfast. Okay. Good call. So breakfast. So I like potatoes. I like bacon. I like eggs. A good savory breakfast. Um, you could do toast. You could do uh, pancakes. pancakes. Okay. Um, All right. 
you can do that other stuff. But I mean, when I'm cooking these things, I kind of want everything to, you know, finish at the same time. You don't want your eggs getting cold um, or overdone while your bacon's still cooking. So you're going to want to get, you know, kind of the stuff that's um, takes longer to cook on there first. So now question, do you have like, say, the left side burners sort of on high, the right side burners not so high? Are you doing something that like that? Yeah, I mean, you would kind of dial that temperature to where you need it. Uh, if you're looking for kind of a hard sear on something, then and you know, high heat cooking, then yeah, you dial the okay. heat on on one side and maybe yeah. So eggs are kind of delicate. You're not going to want full blast on your eggs, right? So you're going to keep one zone kind of on low heat for that. So so like this breakfast that we're talking about. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking I might cut the potatoes, put the potatoes on first, kind of let them sear up. Now, when I'm cooking potatoes in a frying pan, at some point, I like to like steam them a little bit. So I'll throw a little bit of water in there and put the lid on. Yep. So I imagine on the Blackstone griddle, I can get one of those little covers, right? And put that yep. cover on top of those potatoes. A cooking dome. Yeah. Uh, those cooking dome. Okay. Yeah, those are kind of essential. I, I re highly recommend that you have one of those. Put those on your list, guys, when you do go shopping for your Blackstone okay. uh, or your griddle. Is Get yourself a good size. I mean, get yourself kind of a smaller sized one and then maybe a larger sized one. I, I have, you know, a large one and kind of an individual portion sized one. And the reason I have both is to kind of make sure that I'm not impacting the space too much uh, yeah you know if i only need steam in one spot i already had in mind i was going to use one of those cheap catering pans you know like the half style catering pans dude I, i've done it i've done that yeah and, okay and before i had these domes uh the only problem you're going to encounter with that is those suckers get hot and they get <laughs> unwieldy to pick up <laughs> i would forget too i would go and we'll burn yeah been there <laughs> or if if your cookware um has kind of a nice dome to it like the lids to your pots those also mm. work good oh uh, yeah yeah you so. can oh, give those lids a second use oh, yeah, i love it exactly yeah, good idea yep. sometimes though those are not quite deep enough and you really need the like, the purpose-built dome for it. Oh, okay yeah so so the other thing i'm thinking bacon right um Maybe just because I've seen this done in diners or whatever. Can I put one of those those little paddles or one of those bake those patty smashers on top of my bacon so that way I my bacon do doesn't that. shrivel all up? I love to do that. Yeah, that ah. gets a nice, nice even cook on your bacon. Make sure, yeah, it doesn't curl Crispy. up on the edges. Okay, okay. So we got so with breakfast we already got domes that we can use. We got the paddles. Why are we calling paddles? Because I. Reminds me of, you know, paddle, you know, like <laughs> clear. <laughs> yeah. No, the spatulas. You want the big, uh, like, ah, uh, spatulas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You want okay. the griddle spatulas. You could use, you could use your, your regular kitchen spatula, but I think the, the extended griddle spatulas, uh, wait till the end of this show and we'll throw these in our recommends, but, uh, Blackstone makes a fantastic starter pack that includes some essentials that you'll need. And these spatulas are in those and they are excellent. 
but yeah, you can scoop food with them. You can kind of scrape and clean with them. And they just make the overall cooking experience just way more enjoyable with the, with these spatulas. So before I get off breakfast, is there, is there anything that's like breakfast wise? Cause I I'm thinking the eggs are always very delicate. Me, there's one frying pan I use for the egg and I do the whole flip and, you know, and I got it down, you know, is that like tough to do on the Blackstone, like trying to make over medium eggs or over easy eggs or. Not going to lie. It's, it's different than your, than your control. Cause I like you have that one frying pan that I love to use for my eggs. Cause I like my eggs a certain way. Okay. And it's, it's a different cook outside on the Blackstone, but um, you can, you can do your, uh, sunny side up egg. You can do scrambled eggs are super easy to do on the Blackstone, but okay. fried eggs right. or bubble yeah. eggs, as my kids like to call them. Uh, can, <laughs> they can bubble be a little eggs. bit more difficult, um, to do, but yeah, it's doable. Yeah. Just low heat, kind of keep it separated from the rest of the food you're cooking. Uh, a little bit of practice makes perfect. All right. Um, what about making those little like uh, egg McMuffin eggs? Yes. Use the onion. Yeah. Like like our listener said, or the the lid from the uh, Mason the can. I guess if you did that and you domed it, then you got it. Yep, I've done that before. It works awesome. I've done both. I've done the onion and I've done the the jar lid. Now I'm thinking about it. You can even just dome the sunny side egg and sort of cook the whites up and you don't have to worry about trying to flip the egg anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I like the uh, kind of the crispy bottom of the egg okay. with kind of the underdone egg on top. Not underdone, but uh, you know the what I'm yolk. saying. You won't run like a yolk. Yeah, kind of the poached egg yeah. on top. I love that. With some buttery steakhouse on it? Man. <sighs> oh, yes. There you go. I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So, dude, this is just breakfast. Yes. I'm already hungry. Yeah, I'm ready. The hardest part about this is actually waking up and getting out there and cooking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so your prep work is literally taking your bacon and your eggs out of the package. And, you know, you're going to have to chop your potatoes and maybe some onions and peppers for those. I mean, that's pretty minimal, minimal prep, right? Yeah, Absolutely. And, and I like, again, being able to cook all this in the same place because when I'm doing this in in the house, I got four or five pans going. Mm-hmm. And then it's like there's a whole bunch of dishes to wash after. And and I know you're going to do this. I know everybody does this. Is why you're cooking that bacon right next to your potatoes. Maybe a little bit of that bacon grease gets sneak, gets sneaks into that potatoes while they're cooking too. Because oh, why not? Right? Yeah. Hey, why not? And, Maybe and that's the thing I'm imagining now. You put the bacon here because the grease will drip this way, and oh, I, I like that. There's a little strategy right. to it, yeah. Okay, all right, excellent. So I love this technique about breakfast. All right, so let's go to uh, lunch and dinner. We're gonna group okay. these in. So I talked about earlier on the highlight um, how the Blackstone was kind of secretly a sandwich cooker. (laughs) I stand by this and you can cook many sandwiches on this thing and they're all fantastic. Like, uh, like a patty melt. You guys like a patty melt? I love a patty melt. melt. Yeah. Yeah. 
with some big thick slices of toast, some melty cheese, and a hamburger patty. I mean, mm. this cooker was kind of born for that. That it was made in a diner. I guess that's the only way you had that, right? This is essentially a diner grill, griddle, and just yeah. yeah now you're cooking it outside in your backyard, yeah. As well as uh, your Philly cheesesteaks or your chicken cheesesteaks, or uh, you could do a, a BLT. You can mm. cook your egg, you can cook your bacon, you could toast your bread, a little bit of lettuce and tomato. Okay, okay. I, I really like that. You know, speaking of toasting bread on this griddle, I did that the other day. And uh, the last brisket I cooked, I made tallow with the with the fat and so now i got a jar of tallow by my stove oh perfect so spread a little tallow on the bread and put it on that griddle ah uh, yeah that is an excellent holy smokes idea. it's so good yeah. yeah so i can imagine even just making a grilled cheese sandwich out of that yeah like, you could totally do a grilled cheese super I, i'll easy. take a grilled cheese sandwich slice of tomato in it man all right i'll be a happy camper <laughs> throw a little ham yeah. steak on there too yeah, yeah, it just builds up, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so so, what like besides toasting bread, like what other advantages we get from sandwich making on this thing? So I I want to put another item on our essentials list, and this is kind of a new idea that I've seen. It's a we talked about them a couple shows ago, our little prep racks, where we have. Um, kind of a raised, what, like what the cookie cooling rack, like the cookie cooling exactly. rack. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yep. So they make these little uh, racks that you can kind of set on top of your blackstone griddle surface, and it will keep things warm without them being in constant contact uh, with the griddle surface. And I've also seen people, you know, I'm. I'm not going to go there, but I've seen it done on YouTube and, and other you know articles that I've read where people can reverse sear stuff using this met- method where mm. they'll take a cooking dome and they'll, they'll take that cooking rack. They'll put the rack down on the griddle surface, which is hot. They'll put their protein on the rack and then they'll put the dome on top and they'll kind of cook indirect underneath that dome. Wow. So, so okay. that you're not, you're not it's searing same. it. You're not over, you know, you're not burning the outside of what you're cooking. You're getting your protein can slowly get up to temperature. Yep. And then you can kind of sear it off when you're done. But I find these racks work excellent. Like when you're toasting bread, when you're done with that stuff, they kind of serve as a spot to like a warming rack or kind of a intermediate rack where you can kind of stage things like where you can build the sandwich right on top of your griddle or your griddle. All right, so I don't know if Frankie's mind went there, but I know I did. That sounds like a tortilla warming rack, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tacos, you, you got the like bacon tacos cooking on the grill, warm. man. Yeah. Epic. Epic. Yeah, you, you got the you got the bacon cooking and the grease dripping there, and then you know just warm up your tortillas in that grease like that, and then oh yeah, okay. Uh, yep. Good idea. All right, love that. All right, Wes, so we're still on the lunch dinner kick, dude. So, I mean, we experienced it in the backyard, the teppanyaki to go. And uh, if you're not familiar with that, that's essentially a Japanese style of cooking where they're cooking everything on a griddle. 
um, where it's usually it's a, a whole bunch of fried rice that they make and then some protein, some fresh veggies. And it's all cooked on the same surface and, and then cooked together. Don't forget the hot and spicy. They don't know about the hot and spicy here in the Southeast, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I've heard it's called like different things depending on what part of the country you're from. Okay, so this is a, a story for off the air or whatever, right? We went to Pismo to the teppanyaki there, and we asked for the hot and spicy sauce, and then they said, we don't do that here. We're, I know you guys are from Fresno or something like that. They were like, no, that's only in Fresno or something like that, like. Oh, they like well, we have the ginger sauce or the teriyaki. You know what I mean? They had some kind of it was it, it was some kind of a uh, uh, knockoff. But yeah, they were like, yeah, we know you're from Fresno if you're asking for that. Gatekeeping, gatekeeping. Yeah. So, anyways, so anyway, I don't think that's a uh, and out here, no way, no way they're thinking about <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's like you got to make your own, and it it's, definites changes the tepping experience. It's sriracha mayo with teriyaki is all it is here. Yeah, but it's delicious. delicious. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tangent. All right. Okay, we'll start again. All right. So we're still on the lunch and dinner kick, Wes. So let's talk about teppanyaki. For those of you who don't know, teppanyaki is essentially a Japanese style of cooking where they're cooking everything on the same surface. And usually, of course, there's a show where that's where they'll make the little volcano out of the onion. I love the onion volcano. Love it. Have you done the onion volcano on the Blackstone? I've, I've tried and I no, I did not get it right. <laughs> what is it that makes it? I looked up. Flame. Is it? Yeah, you, you've got to put oil and there's something else, and I forget what it is at the moment. But you have to put. They, they always act, they always say it's like vodka, but you know they're not just burning not. vodka right there, it's dude. Not. That's too expensive to. But uh, but anyways, but yeah, so the, it's a, like a dinner and a show, so it's a lot of knife clanging and. Uh, you know, playful stuff with food where they're trying to pop shrimp in your mouth or something They play around with the egg or, uh, I've seen all kinds of cool tricks or whatever. Make the um, heart it's, with it's the fried rice and that beats the heart. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah. He's throwing butter onto the plate and you say, Oh, look, butterflies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, you're cooking fried rice on there and you're cooking fresh proteins. And you're cooking fresh veggies. And um, I mean, this is the perfect device for that. It's like, wait a minute. Why not to go to one of those places? I can get a Blackstone and I can do that here. Totally. Done it. So, so all right, Wes, well, kind of give us your your rundown. You know, what'd you make? How'd you do it? So the rice is pretty easy to do. Just get yourself. Um, I recommend like a good quality jasmine rice if you if you can swing it. Uh, make sure that's already cooked up. Put you some butter or some cooking oil. Get and um, kind of throw the rice on that and mix it around. Kind of get it stirred up. Add some. The easiest way is to add some frozen peas and carrots. Mm. And if you're going to add stuff like bacon, make sure that that's already been cooked beforehand. But um, I don't usually do bacon at home. I'm usually doing you know, other proteins in the rice, like, uh, I love chicken, a scrambled egg in fried shrimp. Rice. Yeah. Scrambled eggs. That's all good stuff. But yeah, frozen peas and carrots, rice, get those all cooked up to temp Then add your seasoning sauce, usually soy or maybe a teriyaki sauce, something pre-made works excellent here. 
Um, or you can just use straight soy sauce and salt, pepper, garlic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That works in a pinch. And, you know, cook your proteins up. Uh, if you're going to do an egg, like Jay said, you know, make sure it's about 90% there and then make a well in the center of your rice and crack, you know, a couple eggs or however much is appropriate to the amount of rice you're cooking. Kind of let that egg set up and then scramble it right in the center. And then once that egg starts to uh, begin cooking and becoming close to done, then you're going to want to kind of incorporate that into your rice and it. It's just fold fried, it over. Yeah, right. fried rice is super easy, super simple to make. Uh, it's very rewarding. Nice. And done right, yeah. And definitely like a canvas, because once you get like just the fried rice part, you can go crazy with whatever you're throwing in there and sauces, I imagine. Yeah. Big old fat shrimps. I like put shrimps in there or chunks of chicken, chunks of pork, chunks of steak, whatever you're going to be cooking alongside of it all that seems just so easy and it seems like that that atmosphere you would get at the restaurant that's the same thing you can do with your family and friends roll that blackstone up next to a picnic table outside right and then just start cooking it like that maybe even practice some knife tricks (laughs) and man it's so hot here right now in the summer um you get to kind of do all that outside and not heat up your house uh, which makes a big difference right now in my house. Ah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, Wes, give us another technique that uh, we can do on this Blackstone griddle. So steaks, chops, chicken, fish, you know, whole proteins. I like to cook whole proteins on my Blackstone. Um, mm. You got to be careful with the thickness, though. Um, especially like, you know, like a whole chicken breast can be overcooked pretty easily if it's real thick. Um, th- that indirect method that we kind of went over before kind of helps with this or, you know, splitting the chicken breast in half uh, and making it kind of okay. thinner Make cut. it thinner? Yep, that works Better well too. It. Pound it uh, out maybe even, right? Yep. Yeah, you're not going to want to cook, you know, a big two-inch king cut uh pork chop or ribeye on this thing. I think this this cooker lends itself to the thinner thinner cuts. It's more of a hot and fast type cooking. Definitely. Right, it does advice. an excellent job with hot and fast. All right. Now tell me about your favorite thing that's on this uh, on this uh, thing. I know this falls in the sandwich category, but you know, this is one where I have to admit when I first heard about it, I wasn't really that much of a fan. I remember even getting a little griddle and tried it with the big green egg and made some kind of version there. And I think I even put like a video on the gram, right? You know, that was really for the gram, but I didn't really do that more than once. But uh, bring it out, Wes. What are we talking about? <laughs> so ever since we had a tie on from Smash Burger, I don't know what it is. I've I've just been on this this kick of, Smash burgers. If if you haven't had a really good smash burger, I mean, it'll change your life. Like it's it's really <laughs> it's it's really the only way I like to cook burgers nowadays. Um, and specifically the Oklahoma onion version of the smash burger, where you know, I I find it easier to kind of preform the patties and smash them down inside before I take them out to the griddle. Or you could you know 
I've seen people take a uh, one of those grill weights, weights and smash the burgers directly on the griddle that way too. Either way, you're looking to kind of maximize the surface area and get a nice thin patty, mm-hmm. um, probably around a half an inch at most thick, um, uh, half an inch thick patty at most. And you're really looking to develop a good crust on the burger itself. And just the flavor that comes with that is amazing. So you'll, uh, the Oklahoma onion burger, you're, you're getting one side all crusted up real nice. And then you'll, you've got these onions. I like to use purple or white onions. You've got them nice and thin, uh, chopped real nice and thin. And you kind of layer those down on the griddle and you flip the raw side of the, or the uncooked side of your patty after you developed a nice crust on one side on top of these onions and let that steam on top of the, so the onions are steaming and you've got the juices from the, the smash burger patty dripping down onto the griddle top and you've got all these flavors kind of melding together. And then once you've got that all cooked up then you lay yourself down some cheese on the top of that thing, you've got your mm. nice toasted bun and you just build your burger with those. And man, that is. It's, wait, wait a minute. Why is this burger so good? I, I made a couple and even I had a couple, couple made, I made a couple for my children yesterday and they said, Dad, I don't know what this Oklahoma thing is, but can I have another one? Like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's the combination of the, the ultra savory buttery. Man, this is your your caramelized onion, buttery. What is it? The yeah. Kinders. Oh yeah, yeah that caramelized would be a, on right there. Onion butter. Yeah, this would be amazing on those. But it's all those flavors, just concentrated, right? And I don't even yeah. think this. I don't think this burger needs really any condiments to be good. So when I came around to making mine, because I cooked everybody else's first, um, I also had some mushrooms that I did. Um, so I had mushrooms and onions. But by the time I came to making mine, all the other condiments were gone. The bacon, the avocado, the lettuce, tomato. They already ate all of that. So I was like, well, whatever, I'll just eat this burger like that. Man, it was so good. It was so delicious. It's just like, uh, yeah, it's just I, I was thinking about just the simplicity of it and and just the taste. It's just like it's just bursting with flavor. And and a lot of times when I eat a big burger, it's like I'm stuffed because of so much meat or sometimes the meat becomes so taxing to get through that much meat. But with the smash burger, the thin patty, you get in the crust and the cheeses, you know, just the way everything melts around it. It is incredible. I mean, it's yeah. it's we do we do four ounce patties. I take a pound and I, you know, I take a pound of meat and I do four ounce <laughs> patties and you can eat yeah. like what you're talking about. You can double up on those or man, I, I can eat like three of those burgers, right? <laughs> like as opposed to a big thick juicy burger that you're talking about yeah after you eat one of those you're like okay man i'm um, i'm good after that yeah, yeah. These, i don't know what it is but yeah you're right you can eat i can have multiple burgers of these yeah so tasty oh man i i think definitely smash burgers for the win this is the one reason to get a griddle is for smash burgers that's it like you know everything else King. is all secondary you know it's just um 
it's definitely adds to the versatility, adds to the uses, and uh, you can't go wrong with that. But definitely, it's for the Smash Burgers. So even though I harped and just said this is a Smash Burger cooker, let me just reiterate even just what we talked about. You know, making breakfast on this, making teppanyaki, and teppanyaki it's very versatile. I mean, we're cook- we're talking about cooking fried rice and proteins. You know, even if you wanted to make fajitas, you could make fajitas on this. You know, something like that. But it's it's an easy grilling surface, and then uh, it's a sandwich machine. That's uh, you know, Wes has just dubbed it like this is made for sandwiches, and then the king of those sandwiches are smash burgers. And so let's just go over the must-have accessories. So we've talked about the dome. Now we even talked about just the burger and on the smash burger that dome is probably primarily for melting cheese on burgers right wes yeah that's i think it is called a melting dome but yeah you can you can melt stuff in there you can kind of steam stuff in there with a little bit of water excellent accessory all right uh spatulas now the spatulas for this are a little different because they essentially cut the food from the surface of the grill they're not just, you know, a spatula that's just picking up something. You, you're not using a plastic spatula on this. You need a, a sharp can, metal spatula. Yeah, you can, but you these dedicated spatulas for your griddle are, they complement and make the cooking experience that much better. You know, yeah, not only can you use them to manipulate the food, like you said, kind of chop things up, get things incorporated, but you can use them as uh, to scoop things, to flip things. They really are a must have for your griddle. And then you got the cover. The cover is definitely for the times to protect the all important grill surface. I mean, that, that grill yeah. surface is everything and the elbow grease that's needed just to keep it up. Is I, worth I know saving. you. Yeah. I know you in particular live in an area where there's a lot of pollen in the air. Uh, I uh-huh. live in an area where there's a lot of dust. Um, and if it rains a lot, yeah. you're going to want to protect that from, that you just you know all kinds of crazy stuff bugs will get on there you just want to cover it when you're not using it it's kind of a must so along with that is the plastic bottles for cleaning the plastic bottles help deglaze all the food off the surfaces and it's another must-have accessory when you're getting this um and then and then the secret one well hold on Yes. So the the plastic bottles, right? Yes, you can kind of have your own. You can have a little cup of water or your own little, you know, your oil, uh, your little container that you use. Yeah, you can use those fine. But what the squeeze bottles do for you is allow you to really pinpoint accurately where you want that steam or where you want that oil. Really target and be precise with what, you know, where you're using those things. And they're very inexpensive too. Mm. So well said. Yeah. All right. And then um, the the secret weapon I feel like here is uh West brought out is, is the cooling racks. And the cooling rack to just be able to have food lifted up off the surface, kept warm, you know, use it to pre-cook, keep it, you know, uh, melt things. I, I feel like this gives you the cook a lot of options and just something else. It almost gives you like another surface on that griddle. So when you're thinking about what size you need, get size for that too. Yeah. Circular. (laughs) If you can find a circular one that'll fit underneath your dome, that would be ideal. Ah, 
Ooh, we need to vent that one. Pro tip. We'll make it look like a G for the grill coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So excellent, excellent information, Wes. Frankie, great questions. As we move forward, let's talk about, you know, what the grill coach recommends now. So I thought we would include some of these accessories that we talked about in our grill coach recommends segment. So make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter, go to the grillcoach.com, sign up. You're going to get notifications every week with uh, links to our show, links to our website, as well as the grill coach recommends and you know what the heck we're talking about on the episode. So check out this week. We're going to include the legendary accessory kit for the Blackstone griddle. I call it that because that's the one I bought. So it comes with the spatulas, <laughs> it comes with the squeeze bottles, and it comes with the scraper. We didn't really talk a whole bunch about the scraper, but that is an invaluable tool to kind of push uh, the waste around. I know we mentioned that in the last episode. Um, it's kind of a more rigid scraper. It'll allow you to really get that uh, built up food off the griddle. And so we're going to include that as well as a nice cover. And that's kind of an example. You're going to want to buy one that's specific to your, to your griddle. Um, just, you know, check it out for some ideas. Hey, that accessory kit comes with a, a cookbook as well, right? Like a little mini cookbook, with some recipes, you know, I think you're right, but I've never actually looked in there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should. Hey, th thanks for those uh, recommendations, Wes. Um, I'd also like to take a moment to thank all of our patrons. Without your support, we couldn't do a lot of the good work that we're doing. Your support goes directly to things like website hosting, podcast hosting. Uh, and speaking of the website, I encourage everyone to check out therealcoach.com, where you can find information about past podcasts, blogs, recipes, uh, and other helpful information. Excellent, guys. Well, um, thanks for the good information there again, Wes. Um, I think you're definitely the Blackstone Griddle uh, source to be. And, uh, you know, Frankie, I appreciate you putting everything together and making us sound good. And all the listeners, whether you're cooking breakfast, lunch and sandwiches, or teppanyaki for dinner, never miss an opportunity to get, get out, out there, there and grill. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Grill Coach. Also, check out our blog at thegrillcoach.com for more episodes of our podcast, as well as other great grilling-related content. Oh yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coaches Podcast to level up your game with Frankie, Wes, and Jay.